0: What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Short Shifts Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me as always, my pal and yours, the talented Mr. E. Lewis Ezekiel. Lewis, my pal, my friend, my buddy, my guy, how are you doing this fine, fine Thursday evening? Uh, doing all right. Maybe following the box
1: scores a little more closely than uh, is healthy for me, but you know uh hanging out in the in there's potential in this playoff race in cupful tier 1 the keeping carlson ultimate patron fantasy league ultimate that's what i meant uh and yeah i'm just uh living and dying with every shot here bud
0: well that uh that sounds tough uh, i could not be me uh the, he who has been Uh, forcibly removed from the playoff hunt and is now waiting out the relegation bracket. Uh, But Lewis, we have an exciting show and, and we should hop right into it as trade season continues leading up to the NHL's trade deadline next week. We have three trades that have happened since our Tuesday night show. Uh, first, we have Ben Sherat going to Florida for a first, a fourth, and a prospect. Callie Yarncrock to Calgary for three picks. And Frank the Tank Vitrano to my New York Rangers for a fourth round pick. Lewis, I know you mentioned Sherratt as a guy whose imminent trade likely would kill his uh, fantasy hockey value. Anything to add about Sherratt now that we know his destination or that, you know, is worth saying about Yarnkroc and Vitrano, players who are likely not uh, widely rostered in fantasy hockey circles? Although I know I know Yarnkroc has had uh, a few spells of, of being fantasy relevant this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I said everything about Vitrano that I wanted to say in the Tuesday show. I don't think that, uh, this trade is any good for his value. He's probably going to be out there, you know, to, uh, you know, try to play some effective defense. And I know the coach was saying he, uh, his, his attitude and his energy would, would be a positive for the team that he's a warrior out there, you know, all the intangible stuff, but, uh, they don't count intangibles in fantasy hockey. So I think uh, we can say goodbye to Sherat for sure. Um, you know, for Yarn Croak, I think that he is going to provide shutdown value, probably on a third line, maybe with Blake Coleman. I think could be really effective, um, but again, don't see a ton of value there. I think Toffoli is the guy who was brought in to Calgary to score, so I don't know that Yarn Croak is going to have a whole lot of value outside of being a depth piece. I actually am kind of interested in Vitrano. He was the cheapest buy. Um, And I know that this is, you know, Florida probably shedding some room to try to get into the hunt for another uh, forward, maybe a Giroux or someone else. But I actually like that he got in onto the line with Strome and Panarin. Uh, I think that's a nice spot to have. I don't think uh, he has anything. I don't know if he has second power play time or no power play time. But he does have second. He's, he's on the he second, second. Yep. Yeah, I sort of thought that might be the case. Uh, but actually, for even strength, I think that's a nice deployment, and he could be. You know, uh, keep an eye out and see if he maintains his ice time and if he is productive. I had some moves available, so I, I tossed him in for a, a defenseman um, in, uh, our keeper league that we're in together, uh, to try him out and see if he could come out with energy, uh, in his first game in, uh, New York. Um, so, you know, I think he, he of the three certainly is the one who maintains at least some fantasy value. Uh, I don't see a lot for Sherratt or Croak.
0: I agree. Vetrano on that, uh, Panarin line is, is an interesting spot. Isn't an interesting spot um, I definitely not somebody who you know our, our keeper league fourteen team league. I, I think that that's a reasonable stream, but certainly not somebody who I think uh, needs to be you know in most leagues people don't need to rush rush out and grab. But yeah, I think somebody who is worth keeping an eye on as long as he maintains his space next to Panarin, and I mean the Rangers are a team who had holes on the right wing uh, most of the season ever since. Uh, alienating one of their recent first round picks and sending them back to Russia and, um, you know, trading Pavel Buchnevich for a pile of uh, broken hockey sticks. Uh, Here we are, Frank Vitrano a pretty cheap option to fill in on the middle six. So I'm happy with that for the Rangers, especially compared to some of the other values that we've seen being traded uh, across the NHL. Lewis, let's hop over to our first headline of the night, and uh, it's over in Ottawa.
1: Yeah, a bit of a bummer here. Uh, Thomas Shabbat out for the year. He fractured his hand in a loss to the Blue Jackets. You know, he hadn't had the kind of season that maybe we sort of hoped from him. Doesn't, you know, help obviously that his stars spent time this season, uh, either waiting out for uh, their contract or uh, injured, obviously. He was starting to turn it around over the past 10 games, going a point per game over that stretch. Uh, if he's done and that does seem likely he'll finish uh, on pace for 51 points largely in step with what he did last year. Uh, he also averaged 3 shots a game this season so we certainly like to see that. Uh, Eric Brandstrom took over on power play 1 the other night. He didn't put up any points but this could be an interesting spot for him and he might be worth taking a look if you need to fill out a defenseman on your roster. You know, most waiver wires are not overflowing with power play 1 opportunities. Uh, so that's a guy who could, you know, potentially be an option. We'll probably see Artem Zub get a little more time, although I don't think he is particularly interesting from a fantasy standpoint. But uh, yeah, I might take a, you know, kick the tires on Eric Brandstrom uh, to see if he is going to be able to put together string together, you know, a point for you every other game, maybe provide some peripherals and some increased minutes in an expanded role.
0: Yeah, I went out. I grabbed Branstrom in a couple of our leagues together. Also, a guy who I think is you know more interesting in deep spots. But if you are desperate for defensemen, and I know that there are some teams that are Eric Branstrom seems likely to be a power play one defenseman on a team that has a pretty solid top power play unit. So yeah, I feel like I'm a little bit uh, a little bit higher on Branstrom than you are just based on that rundown, but. Yeah, I think I think you have it right. You're sort of just hoping... I, I guess I kind of see him as like an Adam Boquist as, as a comparable of a guy we've spoken about a, a few times this year when Wierenski has gone down in Columbus, a guy who you're basically counting on or hoping to get in on the score sheet on the power play. And uh, yeah, a bit of a speculative ad, but maybe somebody who can uh, turn some heads towards the end of this season. And I think in his case, hopefully earn some trust with the coach in Ottawa and sort of become the player that uh, that he was hoped to be when he got traded over in the Mark Stone trade from Vegas.
1: All right, well, let's head over to Las Vegas. We need to talk about the Vegas goals in nights uh, because they are really struggling in goal with Robin Lehner out and injured and the news gets worse jesse granger reported thursday that robin laner's latest injury uh, which we talked about a little bit last week is looking like it's probably pretty serious it could be a fractured kneecap there's no definitive timeline yet but jesse said laner has the possibility to be out for the year a lot of folks took flyers on Brassois or Logan Thompson as potential stopgap solution since they might get run on a team that's supposedly very good. They got, you know, they returned Jack Eichel, but they've really just been struggling. Giving up 12 goals over the last two games, both goalies are sub-900 save percentages on the year. Uh, making it worse is we're getting reports, you know, uh, conflicting reports on who's starting. For instance, on Thursday, we spent most of the day assuming that it would be Brassois based on some comments from... Uh, Uh, some sources on Twitter. And then it turns out that it's going to be Thompson, you know, uh, that just adds kind of insult to injury as we're juggling these, these goalies who are really struggling. And of course they are up against a very tough Panthers team this evening. Just disappointing, uh, since the more start seems to be open for, for either of these guys, given that Laner has been pretty mediocre. He's been a bit of a disappointment this season. The question has to be, you know, maybe against Florida, it, it goes without saying, but just in general, are Vegas goalies to be avoided for as long as Robin Laner is going to be out? Are these guys viable fantasy options, or are you just asking for trouble by rostering them?
0: I mean, at this point, it seems difficult to say anything other than yeah no they're they're to be avoided uh it's uh yeah how could you trust them right now you would need to see one of them sort of regain a little bit of trust through some solid starts before being able to 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 get any one of them back into your lineup i think
1: yeah even even the kakopful which has a pretty generous goalie scoring system you know they have been providing negatives. They've had nasty, you know, not putting up quality starts, putting up really bad starts. Uh just seems like things are a bit of a mess. This was a team that we, you know, had talked for a long time as being, you know, one of the sure thing, uh, you know, playoff teams out of this division. And now it seems like they might have to kind of fight for their lives to to make the
0: postseason. That is where we're at at this point, and and it is bizarre. Hopefully, Laner is back sooner than we expected, but. I'm uh, I'm probably holding on in most leagues where I'm able to stash him on IR and uh, otherwise it's yeah in one year leagues I think he's pretty close to a drop eh
1: Yeah it's it's definitely seems seems tough you know even if he is not out for the year he might only be back for for a week or something so yeah it could definitely um Could definitely be a challenge to hold him. And of course, we should mention, you know, there's always this is obviously pure speculation, but there's always the question of will there be that reunion between Marc-Andre Fleury and the Vegas Knights could be interesting to see if that takes place.
0: Well, we'll know soon enough if if it is if it is to be Uh, Lewis, we have a goaltending outjury, fortunately, although it is a little bit less exciting than it would be if Robin Lehner was coming back. Jake Allen is back in the crease for Montreal tonight, sporting a 901 save percentage on the season. So you know, not somebody who we're looking at as uh, the Jake Allen, who when Montreal traded for him was seen as the uh, the greatest backup goalie uh, in the NHL. Everybody was losing their minds over this incredible uh, general management performance by uh, by uh, Mark Um but. I guess because of the shot volume Allen was seeing in Montreal early this season, he was fairly solid in points leagues before the injury knocked him out for the last few months. It will be interesting to see what he can do behind this somewhat improved team under Martin Saint-Louis. Certainly, I would say, I think fairly easy to say a better option than Montembeau, Primo or Hammond uh, were while while Allen was out.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we certainly saw a lot of struggles, especially Montembeau recently has been very tough to roster. So yeah, I think uh, I think I would certainly prefer Jake Allen over either of the Vegas goalies. Um, I think that he, you know, is 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 capable of of being a very successful goalie. Now, of course, we do have the threat of you know him being the guy, at least for the time being, in Montreal uh, is a little bit worrisome, just because. Uh, you know, he he has struggled sometimes with that type of weight placed upon him. Um, but yeah, I don't mind him. I mean, we're looking at a Montreal team that's been playing a lot better uh, under their new head coach, Martin St. Louis. Um, so, you know, yeah, I think that he is a reasonable option, uh, maybe not to grab and hold or give up anything significant for. But if you're looking for someone to stream in uh, or if you just are hard up for goalies and need to grab someone, I actually don't mind Jake Allen as much as I sort of thought I would uh, when I first started looking at him as, as we were talking about this uh, outchery for him.
0: I'm with you, Lewis. I, I think that Jake Allen is a pretty reasonable guy in net. I would prefer him to the Knights goalies at this point. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, rest of the season, I think he's a pretty decent, uh, you know, a pretty decent option, I guess. If he's still on your waiver wire, was not grabbed uh, in the last few weeks, as it seemed like his return started to become a bit more imminent. I think it's somebody who might, uh, might be worth grabbing. Lewis, we are going to take a very quick break. When we come back, we have a couple of streaks to get into. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. And, Lewis, we are going to hop right on over to Edmonton for our first streak of the evening. And this one is a first liner in Edmonton, uh, at least for the time being. Kyler Yamamoto has been very solid playing on line one and power play one, playing with Evander Kane and Connor McDavid at even strength and on the top power play with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Kane and Tyson Berry. Five points in Yamamoto's last three games. He's also seeing a massive uptick in time on ice, up to around 20 minutes a night the past few weeks, well above his average time on ice on the season of 16 minutes per game. I guess the fly in the ointment is the return to night of Yessi Pulyu Yarvi, who looks to be playing on line two with Zach Hyman and Drysidal, which is great for Yamamoto at even strength, but Pulya was kind of the guy on power play one prior to this injury. So I, I am preaching a little bit more caution than I'd like with Yamamoto. I want to be excited. I want to tell folks, oh, go grab this guy, putting up numbers, playing with Connor McDavid at all situations. But I am instead going to say, keep your eyes on the Oilers power play lines tonight. See what happens with Pulya Yarvey. If Yamamoto still puts up points at even strength, I think probably you kind of have to grab him before the hype gets uh, gets too hot. But yeah, I think that this is a really interesting spot for Yamamoto and it would be great to see him put up. You know, he was somebody who was incredible in the second half of the season. God, I think it was two years ago now playing with Nugent Hopkins and Seidel. Maybe he could be a second half performer who, you know, we come to expect this from him. Um, But yeah, into into uh, Yamamoto. Not loving this for Zach Hyman, who is now decidedly off that top power play unit, not getting McDavid exposure and even strength, and has certainly cooled off uh, after he sort of had a uh, a nice hot streak earlier in February.
1: Yeah, it seems like we're kind of passing the torch around among some of these. Forwards in uh in Edmonton, especially while Ryan Nugent Hopkins is out uh, obviously his return would change things around significantly too, but uh it's very vague about when that return could be so yeah, I think uh Yamamoto is an interesting grab in the meantime, even if he's not maybe getting uh gonna hold on to that top power play spot if Puyar comes and takes it back. Uh, although it's worth noting that you know that four minute increase in time on ice, you know obviously with with the team leaning on that first power play the way that they do some of those minutes were coming uh with the man advantage, so you might want to moderate your thinking a little bit, you know he's not getting a twenty five percent bonus in ice time uh probably if he is off that top power play but yeah, I think you know even if he is just with mcdavid at even strength, that in and of itself is appealing enough uh as long as he is streaking because we like to see you know, players producing with McDavid, it it adds to their opportunity to potentially stay there. You know, if Tyratty can do it, then Tyler Yamamoto, Kyler Yamamoto can do it. All right,
0: Lewis, why don't you take us over to our next streaker? Uh, I can barely bring myself to talk
1: about this one, Ben. As you know, I am a noted Nazem Kadri fanboy, but I owe it to our listeners to be very clear about when things are going well and when things are going poorly. And Nazem Kadri is on the first cold streak of his season one assist in the last four games. He has fewer than two shots a game over that period. It's also concerning that uh, the top power play minus Kadri and with JT Comfort scored during the last game. If Kadri is on this weekend line two with Nashushkin up on line one replacing Landis Kog, and if he's not getting full run on power play one, it may be reasonable to worry a bit. I don't know what the actionable advice is here because certainly uh, you're not going to drop this guy. Um, but you know we got to hold on, hope that he works his way back to full power play one status. And if the Avs can add a wing to replace the depth they're losing from Landeskog, I think that could obviously be a boost uh, to see Kadri get back going in the next direction. It's just tough to see him, uh, you know, not really do anything of significance for your team in a week where Colorado's only going to play two games for their managers. Uh, so yeah, just unfortunate to see this little cold run from Nazem Kadri here.
0: Your boy lewis I, I hate to see it for you. I don't really have much to add because I think uh I mean maybe it's a it's the losing Nishushkin at even strength that that sort of uh I know that he's a guy who has been a darling of the uh advanced analytics or the analytical community uh, for the past few years so maybe it's a uh, you know losing that play driver that sort of made uh made it a bit more of a uphill battle to find offense but yeah definitely not exciting to see uh cadre struggle at this point in the year
1: all right ben why don't you take us to the new jersey devils crease we've got another cold street to talk about
0: yeah so unfortunately it was God, it was about a week ago, Nico Dawes was the darling of the Devil's Crease. He looked like he was poised to finally offer a medium-term solution with Blackwood out indefinitely. But in just two games this week, Dawes has given up eight goals on just 40 shots, getting hooked halfway through each game by the coach, bringing his save percentage on the season down to a 902, much very similar to Jake Allen, who we talked about a little bit earlier uh, so at this point, Dawes' numbers, you know, if you're looking at the game log, it's a bit hard to read. It's hard to sort of guess what could come next. He's had some hot runs, and now if you were rostering him, it's hard not to feel, I, I think, like you- you've touched a, st- a hot stove, and-, and it's tough to bring yourself, get yourself excited about putting him back in the crease, given how badly he's burned uh, his managers over the past few games. I kind of wish I had more to say about Dawes, but honestly, I'm I'm just nervous about him. I'll I'll say if you need someone to start, I'd want to look in several different places, including Jake Allen, if possible, before you get stuck starting uh starting Dawes. But yeah, that's uh, you know, I I don't know. Do you have any do you have any takes on this? Is Dawes good? Is it Dawes bad? Uh, the the advanced numbers don't look good, the save percentages aren't looking good. I, I don't know if there's much more to say at this point.
1: I don't think he is as good as he was during the hotter part of his, you know, nine straight games, I think, that he started for the Devils. You know, it's it's worth noting that he played, you know, after getting the hook in that previous game, I think you mentioned, so kind of going back-to-back, at least to a certain degree. I think that does damage his confidence, uh, which I think is a little bit concerning. You know, with goalies, we worry about the mind game stuff, I think, a little more than most of our forwards. I think you're right. I think I would prefer um, I think I would prefer Allen to Dawes uh, in part because it seems like Montreal has kind of shaken some of this uh, defensive disastrous play that they were having. They're being a little bit more responsible. They're playing tighter in some of these games, um, whereas uh, it seems like you know uh, the the Devils are more liable to have the doors blown off um, at times. And and I think the the Devils' offense is capable of you know throwing bigger punches. But, you know, if you're winning games five to four, that's not great for your goalies. Uh, you know, so I think that, um, yeah, I might I might avoid Dawes and stick to, to Allen as long as we're ranking the, the goalies that we've talked about here this evening.
0: All right, Lewis, we have one more street to
1: get to tonight. Why don't you take it away? So on yesterday's Keeping Carlson patron cast, where Brian and Elon answered every question that the patrons asked on our Discord channel, Uh, I couldn't log in until two hours in and they were still going strong, but one of the teams they were talking about was the New York Islanders. They have the most games left of any team, and they got a couple players right now who are running quite hot and who are under 50% owned. Anders Lee. Uh, in classic Anders Lee fashion has gone from being ice cold one goal over the course of eight games uh to red hot nine goals and an assist in the last six games Uh and obviously still some time going uh, in the game here on Thursday night and also in classic Anders Lee fashion we actually made a comparable to him earlier in the week but he's doing all the scoring and none of the assisting he's a real Cy Young type uh, he does not like to distribute very much he likes to be the finisher uh, this little streak they've been on of positive offense has also seen Josh Bailey uh, get three goals and four assists in the four games previous to Thursday night. I don't have updates on what he's done uh, here on Thursday uh, but those are two quite interesting players. Yes, they play for a team that is pretty boring offensively most of the time. Um, but we've been seeing some very nice uh, some nice scoring numbers from them. And uh, some nice goaltending, too. Varlamov and Sorokin have had some real highlight reel saves the last couple games. Uh, it's been really fun to see. I know this is a team that has probably uh, past its ability to maybe climb back into the playoff hunt. It's just too tough out there in the East. But they're playing some good hockey right now. They've got lots of games left. And certainly, uh, uh, you know, a player like Anders Lee, who is just putting the puck in the net uh, with wild abandon, could be the kind of guy who would be nice to add to your fantasy team. And he is available in 57% of Yahoo leagues right now. So think about putting Anders Lee on your roster.
0: Sounds good to me, my friend. And that is all the time that we have for tonight's episode. For myself, Ben Burnett, thanks everyone for listening. And Lewis, thank you so much for listening. Er Or Yeah. Thanks for listening to my crap. Thanks for joining (laughs) me tonight. Had a great time. Can't wait for next week.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us. Please make sure you are subscribing to the podcast so that you get all the updates every time we have a new episode you can give us a follow on twitter at short kk as well as brian and elon at keeping carlson and dave betton of the stream scheme at nhl stream scheme also recommend you follow at game day lines at game day goalies and at game day news elon and shams do such a great job keeping everybody up to date with all the news you need check out the great sites where we research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by pat roach And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.